Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 11th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I've got bad news, and then I've got really bad news. The bad news is we got the February CPI data in yesterday. I guess if you want to throw a little good news into the mix, the numbers were pretty much in line with expectations. Of course, in January, uh, the numbers were way above expectations, as has been the case with a lot of these CPI data dumps over the last year. But even the good news loses a little bit of luster when you consider that the expectation was for inflation to come in really hot again, and it did. The month-on-month CPI increase was 0.8%. That was higher than the January print of 0.7%. This tells you that price increases are actually accelerating in the economy, not slowing down as central bankers over at the Fed's war would happen. You know, it's not even really funny to mock the whole transitory narrative anymore. That ship sailed a long time ago. The guy that does our technical analysis over at shiftgold.com slash news, he did a really good job of breaking down the CPI numbers. I'll link to that article in the show notes. One of the things that he noted is that last year, we were seeing one component of the CPI making up the bulk of the move up. So, you know, you might have a huge surge in transportation costs one month and then a big jump in recreation the next. But over the past several months, we've actually seen increases more evenly spread across the entire CPI uh, data line. So this shows that inflation continues to become more widespread in the economy, and really there's no sign that it ex- uh, that it's slowing down. Now, this is exactly what you would expect in a truly inflationary environment, a general rise in prices throughout the economy, uh, as opposed to, you know, just some price shocks here and there. So, Anyway, the year-on-year increase in the CPI was 7.9%. This is the biggest number since 1982. If you look at core CPI, which excludes food and energy costs, it was still up 6.4%. Now, you know, they talk about core inflation because food and energy prices are typically more volatile. But, you know, to the average person, to, to you or me, it's kind of a dumb number, right? It's not like there is ever a situation where you're going to not be going to the grocery store or the gas station. Regardless, when you see a big number on core inflation, and 6.4% is a big number, it's again signaling a general rise in prices throughout the economy. So that was the bad news. Are you ready for the really bad news? The really bad news is this doesn't have much of anything at all to do with Russia. Now, I'm certain there are people out there who think, and when I say people out there, I mean not necessarily you folks listening to me, but people out there in the general population, they look at this big inflation number, and they say, oh, it's Russia's fault. You know, that's because a large chunk of the population has a history timeline that runs back about three weeks. But February CPI does not capture the huge spike in gasoline prices or even some of the commodity prices that really took hold in March after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, of course, the invasion was on February 24th. There were only four days left in February at that point. So, you know, we won't see these big uh, price hikes reflected in CPI until we get to the March numbers next month. 
So my point is, we were already experiencing accelerating prices before prices really started going up due to the whole Russia thing. And of course, you know this. We all should know this, but again, people have, you know, they can't remember past three weeks ago, so everything's Russia's fault now. But this CPI is really reflecting inflation that was already in the system. This is the result of Federal Reserve quantitative easing and money printing over the last couple of years of government policy, all of the garbage that the Fed and your government did during the pandemic. That's the impact that we're seeing in this CPI number. This is real inflation. This is money printing. Now, next month, you can blame Russia for surging prices, and I guarantee you uh, most people are going to do that, and you know they'll forget everything that has happened prior to the invasion of Russia, because again, uh, a history timeline of about three weeks. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. This, how is the Russia situation really going to infect the overall inflation picture? A lot of people are going to tell you that the situation in Ukraine is going to cause more inflation, and that's not really accurate. I mean, it is true, certainly, that the Russian invasion and the economic sanctions levied by the U.S. and other Western nations have caused certain prices to really spike, uh, you know, especially oil. We've seen oil over $130 a barrel. Um, Coppers hit record highs. The price of wheat has surged. But these are really price shocks. They're not inflation. You know, think about your own behavior for a moment. If you have to pay more for food and gas, what do you do? Well, you're probably going to cut back spending on other things, right? You might not eat out as much, or you may put off buying that new set of golf clubs, or, you know, you may even cancel your vacation. So as people adjust their spending to cope with these price shocks, demand for other things is going to fall. So that means their prices will likely fall too. So we're going to see you know, excessive rises in some prices, but we'll see drops in some prices as demand falls. So you know, if you look at the overall picture, it's not really inflationary. It's not causing a general rise in prices. And that's really what people mean when they say inflation. So here's where we are. While the Russian invasion is certainly causing prices to rise, government-created inflation is still churning under the surface. That's the 7.9% year-on-year rise in CPI we just got. It's inflation churning under the surface. So in fact, really, right now, we're experiencing a double whammy of rising prices. We're getting price increases due to inflation, and we're getting price shocks due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, what the price increases caused by this war will ultimately create is a recession. You know, interesting historical fact, every huge spike in the price of oil has led to a recession. And a recession is going to lead to inflation. Or more accurately, the Fed's response to a recession will lead to inflation. Think about it. What does the Fed do when the economy tanks? It cuts interest rates. It does quantitative easing. It injects more money into the economy. This is inflationary. Really, that's the definition of inflation, right? An increase in the supply of money. That's the true definition of inflation. 
Prices rising really are a symptom of inflation. So when you see the CPI shooting up like this, what you're really seeing is the impacts of inflation. Inflation is what the Fed did. The inflation is what the federal government did. And that's why you've got you know people like Barack, and Barack Obama, Joe Biden and uh, Jerome Powell, Barack Obama did it too as did Donald Trump. They all want to blame inflation on everything else except for their own actions. You know, it was funny yesterday when the CPI print came out, the uh, the Twitter for uh, the Republicans in Congress tweeted out, uh, you know, basically, look, we've got this huge inflation and Joe Biden isn't doing anything about it. I thought you Heads, you guys helped create this. I remember, you, you know, don't you remember just a couple of years ago that you were signing off on these big stimulus payouts while Trump was president? I mean, this is partly your fault. I mean, certainly Biden's not going to escape from it either. But ultimately, it is the actions of government. It's the actions of the central bank that are causing inflation, and that is leading to a rise in prices. And now we have this uh, this Russia situation, which is just going to exacerbate price increases. And the government's response to that almost certainly is going to lead to more inflationary pressure down the road. So here's the $64,000 question. We're rushing headlong toward a recession. We have historically high inflation because remember, this 7.9%, that's not even the real inflation rate. According to Shadow Stats, who uses the old CPI measure that was used back in the 70s, we're well above 15% now. So Historically high inflation. Interest rates are already at zero. The Fed right now is still doing QE. I mean, they're tapering, supposedly, but they're still doing QE. They're still printing money. What does a central banker do in this situation? Have you ever seen the cartoon where there's a train, it's on a track, and there's a split in the track, and there's a guy standing there at a switch, and he can make the train go down one track and run over five people, or he can make the train go down another track and just run over one person. It's kind of like that, but there are five people on each track right now. I mean, let me just throw this out there. The Fed is screwed. I mean, let's be honest, the Fed's been screwed for quite a while. I mean, I've talked about the corner that the Fed has backed into several times on this show. I've written about it extensively over at shiftgold.com slash news. Now it's even more behind the inflation curve. It still hasn't started the inflation fight, and a recession train is hurtling toward us full speed. Now, my gut is that the Fed is going to do a rate hike at its meeting next week. I mean, it's kind of locked into that at this point. I mean, you really can't do nothing with 7.9% inflation. But then what? You know, what happens after the March meeting? I mean, it may do one more rate hike. And then the bubbles are going to start to pop because this economy cannot handle higher interest rates. I mean, you're talking about raising interest rates while oil is spiking in the middle of a war. No, that's not going to work. So if they do the rate hikes, the bubbles are going to pop and the air is going to come out of the economy and the Fed is going to go back to rate cuts in QE because, as I've said before, that's the fork it knows. That's what it does. That, you know, they have their they have their little sheet and it says, uh, a recession, then you do this, you know, a little flowchart. And the flowchart says you do QE and you cut interest rates and, and you fix the economy. You stimulate demand. But that's just more money printing, right? That's just more money into the economy when there is already way too much money floating around in the economy. So 
if this plays out the way I suspect it will, and we do see a recession, the Fed's going to ignore the inflation, probably blame it on Russia, and then go back to loose monetary policy. So that means inflation will keep on spiraling upward. And again, Powell's going to blame Russia. And, you know, that's assuming the U.S. doesn't get more deeply embroiled in this war. I mean, there's so much uncertainty right now, so much, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen next week. And, of course, we're seeing that volatility uh, in the markets. But what if the war gets resolved quickly? Well, I think the damage has already been done. I mean, yeah, we may get some relief, but inflation is still going to keep pushing up because the underlying problem is still there. Trillions of dollars are still churning around in the economy. And right now, as I'm talking to you, the Fed is still printing money. It's still throwing gasoline on the inflation fire. So if the war does suddenly resolve, the economy may tank a little bit slower but it's still going to tank as soon as the Fed tightens in earnest, if it ever does. So the Fed is still going to be backed into a corner, even if the Russia situation just resolved overnight. It may get a little bit more time. That's, that's basically all you can say about that. Okay, so let's talk gold. The yellow metal came within a whisker hair of breaking the all-time record in dollar terms on Tuesday. Uh, It's broken the price record in euro terms and some other currencies, but almost got that dollar record on Tuesday. It started the day just below $2,000 an ounce, and it quickly pushed past that resistance level. A lot of this had to do with the fact that that was the day Biden announced that the U.S. wasn't going to allow the importation of Russian oil. So the price of oil skyrocketed real quick. Uh, We had a big sell-off in stocks. There was a lot of safe haven money going into gold. Um, Once it got past the $2,000 resistance, it went on a tear. It got close to $2070 an ounce before some selling took hold. It ended up $54 on the day and closed at $2052 an ounce. And uh, silver, of course, followed suit. It was above $26 an ounce. So we really saw this big flow of money into metals on Tuesday. Now, a lot of this was clearly safe haven buying due to the situation in Russia, as I just said. In fact, what's interesting is the dollar index has really been boosted by this Ukraine business. The dollar is the cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry basket, so we've seen a move into dollars globally. Um, This should be causing headwinds for gold, but even with that dollar strength, gold took that run at the record, so I think that's interesting to note. Now, on Wednesday... I guess everybody suddenly realized that maybe they overreacted or, I don't know, they decided the war wasn't so bad because gold sold off Wednesday and fell fell down to like 1975 an ounce before rallying a little bit later in the day. In fact, the whole day was a pivot back to risk on uh, on Wednesday. The stock markets rebounded, tech stocks rallied, uh, but the gold swoon didn't last too long. It was back above $2,000 an ounce on Thursday, but never by much, and then it trailed off again late in the day. And then this morning, we're seeing another big sell-off, another big drop. Uh, We were in the 1965 range as I was prepping this show. So really, the bottom line is there's a lot of volatility, and there's going to be a lot of volatility as long as we've got all of this geopolitical uncertainty going on. Um, There certainly seems to be some selling pressure, I think, today because the yield on the 10-year Treasury topped 2% for the first time in a couple of weeks. Now, you know, I honestly don't get this. You have inflation at 7.9%, right? 
We'll just accept that government number. We know it's higher, but just for the sake of argument. The 10-year yield is 2%. And, and what that's telling you is people are not buying bonds, which is, you know, we're supposed to be in this safe haven environment. People aren't buying bonds, so we're seeing the yields rise. 2%. Now, if the yield on the 10-year is 2%, CPI is 7.9%, that's a negative 5.9% interest rate. I mean, are you rushing out to buy something that's going to yield you in real terms negative 5.9% where you're going to lose 5.9%? Are you rushing out to buy that to replace your gold? Well, no, only if you can't do math. But I think there's a deeper psychology that's going on in the markets. And it's a deeply confused psychology. And we've seen this deeply confused psychology, I mean, almost for a year now. So let's think through this for a moment. Yesterday, gold was basically flat, despite the big CPI number. Now there's a sell-off this morning. This is because, despite everything that is going on, a lot of people are still holding tight to this delusional belief that the Fed is going to hike, 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 to fight inflation. Oh no, interest rates are going to go up and that's bad for gold. We got to sell our gold. But as I've already said, any rate hikes in this rickety economy will pop the bubbles. When people figure this out, when they figure out this is not going to happen, I think gold is going to skyrocket. Now, they might not actually figure this out until the Fed announces it's pausing its rate hikes or you know, it actually cuts rates down the road because the stock market is in free fall or the economy has lurched into a recession. But believe me, they are going to figure it out. You have to look ahead at the realities in the economy. You have to have a history timeline that goes back farther than three weeks, and you need to be able to look into the future more than three weeks. Look at the fundamentals. Look at what is actually in the economy. We are in this massive inflationary mess. The Fed is printing money. We are in an extremely accommodative monetary policy. Even if they tighten some, it's still going to be an accommodative uh, policy. This is a recipe for more and more and more inflation. We've got recession on the horizon. So Really, it's stagflation. That seems to be where we're headed. And this is not a good reason to sell gold. Now, I do think it's important to acknowledge that, yes, this big run-up in the price of gold over the last couple of weeks, uh, this run at the record, was largely driven by safe haven buying. Uh, which, by the way, should lay to rest the ugly rumor that gold isn't a safe haven anymore. It's been the safe haven as we've moved through this Russia-Ukraine situation. But, you know, if this is safe haven buying that is being driven by a war, what happens when the war winds down? And it will, of course. Well, you know, I think gold might give back some of those gains in the short run as people unwind their safe haven bid. You know, like if they announced a ceasefire tomorrow, gold would probably drop, right? But then we would just go back to where we were in a massive inflationary environment with a central bank that can't do anything about it. I really can't emphasize this enough. Don't be too short-sighted. Don't be one of those people who can only remember three weeks ago. Just think back. The economy was already rolling over before the invasion. We were getting all kinds of negative economic data. We were seeing a rotation in the markets 
out of risk momentum tech stocks into value-oriented stocks. There was downward pressure on the dollar. Meanwhile, we were also seeing a movement into commodities. Uh, prices were rising in a lot of the commodity markets, including gold and silver, before the invasion. Remember, gold was on an upward trajectory. People were starting to kind of figure out that maybe this inflation is a little bit bigger problem and maybe the Fed can't figure it out. So we were seeing gold and silver climbing upward. The whole war thing has kind of disrupted the flow, but we were in a trajectory that was positive and bullish for gold before the situation in Ukraine. So that's not going to change. So if the war ends, we just go back to that, right? So it's still bullish for gold. Here's the bottom line. Don't lose track of the real story. Inflation. The big story was inflation before the war, and it's still inflation right now. The war is kind of a distraction, kind of a, uh, you know, maybe a detour on the road. And it's certainly going to impact things. But the inflation situation is not changing. Money printing is not changing. The fact that the Fed is backed into a corner is not changing. This CPI data that, again, had very little to do with Russia should remind you of that. So, how are you going to prepare? That's the question. Got a little dip in gold today. This might be a great opportunity to buy. So if you're interested in learning more, you know, even if you're not ready to buy, just if you want to get some information, I highly recommend calling a Shift Gold Precious Metals Specialist. You just call 1-888-GOLD-160. I've said it before. I say it every week. These guys are fantastic. I know them personally. They will help you figure out how precious metals can fit into your investment portfolio. It's not about just, you know, buy all gold. They're going to look at your goals and tell you, help you figure out how gold and silver can work uh, in your investment strategy, help protect your wealth uh, for what's coming down the pike, whether it's more inflation, stagflation, recession. I don't see any positive scenarios in the months and years ahead. So with that, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more information about all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news over at shipgold.com slash news. Uh, if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast. Get it right downloaded into your device. Uh, we have the show over at Apple uh, podcast. We're on Stitcher. Uh, of course, you can watch us on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Uh, would love to hear from you. You can email me, M-M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y at shiftgold.com, M-Mahari at shiftgold.com. Um, I will respond eventually. I'm kind of behind uh, the last couple of weeks because of the house renovations. But uh, shoot me a line. Tell me what you think. would love to hear from you. Appreciate you listening to the show. And I will talk to you again next week.